podcast of Antioch Church in Colorado Springs. If you've been impacted by this ministry and would like to support the work we're doing in Colorado Springs, you can give online at our website, antiochcos.com. We hope that the Lord ministers to you through this message. Well, hey, let's get into the word this morning. I'm gonna be very brief. I'm gonna take about 15 minutes um, to go into a very well-known and a very well-loved passage of scripture. Now, typically we devote a little bit more time to the preaching and the proclamation of the word, uh, but given all that has been on our agenda today, scripted to us by the spirit, we've got a good 15 minutes and we're gonna dive into it. So turn with me to the book of Psalms and we're gonna go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, all of our ministers of the table, you are on deck in 15 minutes. I'm gonna pull you guys up here to come and to minister the table of the Lord with us. Let's read this. I will read it out loud. You guys can follow along in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Some translations say, I shall not want or I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, some translations say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Look at that phrase. I will not fear for you are with me. I will not fear for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much that in your word we find life. We find direction. We find light for our darkest moments. Father, Father, we thank you that in your word, we get a revelation of who you are, the consistency of your nature and your character that never changes. Though life may change, though situations may change, Father, we thank you that as we anchor our hearts and as we anchor our faith in your word, it reveals the immovable character and the nature of our God, who is always steadfast and who is always present in all of life. And Father, today my prayer For my friends and brothers and sisters here gathered together, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would breathe afresh on the words from this psalm. And Father, that you would put life in our spirit and wind in ourselves and strength inside of our soul. And we pray these things together by faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Very quickly, I'm going to walk through the psalm. And one of my targets for this morning is for you to look at the psalm again with new eyes. And for this psalm to awaken and to equip and to send you in a unique capacity for the things that God has called you to. I think if we're not careful, it's easy to look at certain passages of scripture and say, I've mined all that out. I understand all that. I've been there before. I've done that. But friends, I want to look at this with new eyes. Let's go with verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, I'm just going to give you Pastor Jay's interpretation in 13 minutes. All right, so interpretation number one very simply is, is the reality of the fact that we have wants, right? That we have needs. And there is a difference between wants and needs. Let me just give you a fun example. So um, many of you guys who know me, you know I'm a sucker for a deal. 
I'm just a sucker for a deal. If it's a good deal, man, I'm just, I'm like, I got something written on my forehead. I, I got to put no soliciting signs up at my house because I'm just a sucker. I buy vacuum cleaners. I buy cleaning products that I don't even need. I just buy, I just buy all kinds. I'm like, oh, that's a new gadget. Sweet. Is it a deal? Awesome. Buy one, get one free. I'm all over it, right? So I'm at Costco the other day. And uh, if any of you guys know anything about Traeger grills, apparently they're supposed to be pretty awesome, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, Trey, this is awesome. And uh, I made this massive mistake while my son was playing on one of the little arcade games there that I just kind of walk over and I just start perusing the grills. Worst mistake ever because those guys are trained, man. They are trained and they are good. And so I start looking and he's like, but here's the Cadillac of the grill. Let me show you all the things. Hey, put your hand in there. You see, I mean, he's like just walking me through the whole, it's an experience. It's an experiential moment with this Trago girl that I'm having right here. So I just text Christy. I'm like, I'm like, I got to find an out here. I'm like, bro, I can't. I'm like, I, I want to say no. I can't say no. I can't say no to this guy. He's just so persuasive, so powerful. I was like, I got, bro, I got to ask my wife. This is a huge investment. I got to ask my wife. He's like, sure, bro. But if you ask your wife and she says, yes, man, I'm going to toss all these things in, man. I'm going to give you a free girl cover here. Touch this thing. Bro, that's like Batman's cape right there. Seriously. No, I, I kid you not. He said that out of his mouth. He was like, that's like Batman's cape, man. He's like, that stuff is like, just like Kevlar, dude, bull, bulletproof. He's like, no, I'm just like, dude, it's free. He's like, usually it's $100. I'm just going to throw that in for free just for you. And here's this chicken rub. Take the, take the chicken grill challenge, man. You'll never be the same. I'm like, the, ch the chicken rub. Like, I get it for free. Like, such a sucker for this stuff, all right? So then I'm texting Christy, and I'm like putting my feelers out there, and I'm like, babe, man, ch check this out. And she's like, come home right now. I'm like, babe, but you don't understand. I need this. She's like, you don't need this. You want this. I said, no, 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 you need this. Mother's Day, babe, Mother's Day. You need a Traeger girl for Mother's Day. Seriously, all the meats that I could make you for Mother's Day. Change your life. Change your life. Okay, so we need people to help distinguish for us what the difference between a want and a need is. But here's the thing. In the scriptures, we find, guys, we all have needs. We have legitimate needs. And the scripture points us to this, that God will help us to distinguish what our wants are from our needs. And in God, who is our shepherd, that the things that he knows that we actually need, scripture says that you shall not be in need because he will take care of you. And when we go to this Psalm, we're confronted with our self-sufficiency, our self-sufficiency. We're also confronted with margin. We're confronted with, Lord, we're confronted with our own trust issues. Lord, will I allow you to be for me and to provide for me those things that I don't even know that I need, but you know that I need. This is, my, this is one of my favorite parts. Let's look, look at the next verse right here. It says, he leads me beside, or actually he makes me to lie down in green pasture. I always thought it was interesting that it says he makes me. And I just immediately went to, you know, making my children lay down, like forcing them, like sitting on top of them. You will stay in your bed. No, you do not eat another drink. You have potty 10 times. No, you do not need to come downstairs. No more snacks. No, lay down. He makes me to lay down. Why is that? Because learning how to be still in a culture like ours is a lost art. It takes massive discipline. And yes, it's very difficult. But look at the next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. 
And then here's the capstone. He says, and in so doing, he restores my soul. There is a restoration that our souls need. And in fact, they long for, particularly in a culture and in a society like ours that is just inundated. It's inundated technologically. It's inundated socially. It's inundated relationally. It's inundated like there's just, there's never enough time. There's never enough energy. We use words now like margin and bandwidth and they're like our like cute ways that, man, I just don't have enough margin for that. Right? I don't have enough bandwidth for that. What are we speaking to? We're speaking to the fact that our souls are crowded. Our minds are crowded. Our minds constantly from the moment we wake up all throughout the day to the moment that we go down to sleep, we're thinking about how uh, uh, the, the list that needs to be done. We're thinking about the schoolwork that needs to be done. We're thinking about um, the yard work that needs to be done. We're thinking about bills. I mean, just our mind is just constantly saturated. And here's what the scripture says. This is a reality of life. And if we will allow God to help us to be still and to be silent, that solitude and silence, where if we can allow God to lead us into rhythms, spiritual rhythms where we're actually pulling away from the noise. When we're pulling away from the activity, listen, the dishes will still be there. They will still call you. They will still be there. The weeds in the flower bed, they'll still be there. The bill, they'll, it will all still be there. But here's what's necessary to pull away and to get the perspective of God on all of it to pull away and to allow him to restore your soul. Now, this particular uh, version of the NIV says he refreshes my soul. And I, I think that there's something about an understanding of the restoration of the soul. He's not, he's not just, you know, kind of giving your soul a prep rally. I'm telling you that there's part of us that wears away. There's part of our energy. There's a part of our vitality. There's a part of our spiritual passion that being in the, the ring of life, right? It wears away at our creativity, at our spirituality, at our spiritual vitality. Even It wears away at our health. It wears away at our soul. It wears away at our ability to think of others more than ourselves. It wears away at our ability to bring life into our relationships and our families, our marriages, our children. It just wears that down. Well, how do we get that stuff restored? Most of us, what we do is we just go run off to some conference that is just, just blitzed from morning till night. And it's just more activity and more gift bags and more resources and more things you should be doing, which most of us should really just be finding daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual rhythms where we could be pulling away and allowing God to cause us to lie down in green pastures and to lead us beside quiet waters so that we can hear his voice again and be recalibrated to the purposes and to the life of God. Let's look at the next verse right here. Psalm 23, looking at verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that is a reality in the Christian life. There are valleys. There are valleys. And what I think is interesting right here, we're gonna look at this in contrast with the next few verses, but this speaks to seasons of, of being alone, which is different than solitude. Solitude is a is a volitional choice to enter into a spiritual discipline of being alone with God. There are seasons where it feels like we are just absolutely, utterly alone. 
where nobody else is with us, where we're walking a path of life, a path of sorrow, a path of fear, a path of anxiety, where we're walking a path where it seems like there is nobody else around and it literally feels like it is a valley where nobody is there to help us. But here's what the psalmist says. When you are walking through a dark path, when you're walking through a season where you can't see light at the end of the tunnel, hold on and take, find comfort in the presence of God that is with you in the very valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. I think sometimes what we have to do is we have to rehearse to ourselves. We have to rehearse to our faith. We have to rehearse to our minds. God is with me in this. God is with me. And if he be for me, who can be against me? He is with me in this. And if he is with me, I can stand. And having done all to stand, I can stand. How many of you guys have just been in situations in life where you just literally feel overrun, overwhelmed? Because life can do that for you right? I mean, I feel like I'm there a lot. I feel like I live in the valley of the shadow of death sometimes, right? What do I do? How do you make your way out of that? It's easy to just sit down and die in the valley of the shadow of death. That's why it's called the valley of the shadow of death. And you may, I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking about the life of God inside of you dying in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm talking about hopes. I'm talking about the ability to keep fighting for something, to keep fighting for the soul of your child, to keep fighting for your marriage, to keep fighting for something better than what you're living in right now. And it's easy when you're just disappointed and disappointed just to sit down in that valley and let just the spirit of death just come and cloud over you. What do we do? You anchor yourself to the God who is there with you, who is gonna lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. It's kind of cheesy, but I love it because I heard this many years ago. Or you Pepper Alley preacher was like, listen, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't sit there, I don't stay there, I don't build base camp there. I am going through the valley of the shadow of death. And guess what? You gotta tell yourself that. Guys, you got to tell you, say, I'm going, say it with me, through this. I'm going through this. I'm not staying here. Next verse will be done, all right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, contrasted to the valley of the shadow of death, there are seasons in life where literally people are against you. They're talking about you, can't do nothing right. Bosses, directors, supervisors, coworkers, colleagues, even your own spouse, it seems like sometimes Job was like, hey, listen, my own wife is against me, right? The people that are closest to me, David, David said, the people that are closest to me, I can't even trust because their words are like arrows against me. What are we talking about here? There are times when people, it seems like you are literally surrounded by enemies. It seems like nobody has your good in mind. It seems like everywhere that you turn, someone is is anti the purposes of God for your life. But hey guys, listen, there's a promise here. There's a promise. And the promise is this, that there is still favor and provision for you right there in the middle of that. And if you can keep your heart from getting bitter, if you can keep your heart from getting jaded, if you can keep your heart from getting resentful, if you can keep your heart from being poisoned and polluted with unforgiveness, God will set a table right there before you. And here's a beautiful thing. It's like Joseph in the coat of many colors, guys. When you are surrounded with, when you're surrounded by people who have it out for you, look for favor. 
That's for somebody. Listen to me. Look for the table that is in the presence of your enemies. Look for it. You don't have to boast about it. You don't have to gloat about it. But I'm telling you, look for it. Look for the dessert in the middle of your enemies. He will provide for you. He will sit right there in the middle of, right there in the middle of everyone talking about you, betraying you, uh, questioning your motives, right? Here's what God says. I'm gonna break bread with you. I'm gonna have fellowship with you. I'm gonna have communion with you. I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna re-strengthen you so that you can go right back into the battle and have sustenance for the war that is at hand. There is provision for you. Right there in the middle of the war, you guys, there's provision for you. So you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Watch this, my cup, it overflows. It overflows. And I think honestly, that, that's a culmination of all the verses that went before it. If we will learn how to look to God to be our provider, if we can learn how to trust God, not with just our wants, but our needs, if we can allow God to lead us into these rhythms of rest and restoration, if we cannot sit down and die in the valley of the shadow of death, but cling to him and allow him to lead us out, if we can look for communion in the midst of the war, God is saying this, I'm gonna expand the capacity of your cup and I'm gonna fill it. I'm gonna fill it. I'm gonna fill it. And listen, guys, here's the thing, that in every season and struggle and in every situation of life, there is, out, there is outpouring, there's outpouring. I want to just, just, just think about this here for a second. In every disappointment and all loss, something's coming out the spigot, man. It's flowing at all times. And if you'll just put your cup underneath it, your cup will overflow. And the, the, the trick here, the trick, because as we see in this is psalm, it's not just a cute psalm. It's not just a pretty psalm. It is, it is laden. It is rife with the struggle of life. But here's what he's saying. If you'll keep your eyes on me and what I'm doing, and if you will just position your life underneath the flow of my life, your cup will overflow. Your cup will overflow. And in the middle of war, your cup is overflowing. And in the valley of the shadow of death, your cup is overflowing. And in busy seasons that are just constantly clamoring for your time, your cup is overflowing. This can be your reality, that your cup overflows. I don't know about you, that's what I wanna walk in. And if there's any group of people that need to hear this today, it's moms, <laughs> right? If there's any group of people that struggle with, God, I have all of these needs. The Lord is my shepherd. That is a word for you. If there's any group of people here that feels like my soul is just eroding away, I need you to restore me with the rhythms of life and silence and solitude and rest. This is for our moms. If there's any group of people here that just feel like just overwhelmed by the demands of life and just want to sit down in that discouragement and despair, but yet you need to hold on and allow him to pull you through that valley of the shadow of death, it's our, it's our moms. And I'm declaring over every single one of us today that every one of these powerful promises is for every single one of you today. I'm gonna announce this over you. Ministry team, if you would come forward, I wanna pray this over your life. Aaron, thank you so much. If you would just posture your heart, your soul to receive this today. I declare Antioch over you that the Lord is your shepherd. I need somebody's faith to just get activated a little bit this morning. I say over you today that the Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not want 
you shall not want in Jesus' name, but I declare that the Lord makes you and causes you and leads you to lie down in green, lush, rich, fertile, plentiful, fruitful pastures in the name of Jesus. And he leads you beside quiet waters where you can hear his voice. He leads you into quiet spaces where you can hear his voice where you can hear a word of comfort and a word of counsel and a word of correction and a word of creativity. He leads you in those quiet places so that you can have solutions for your greatest problems. And I declare that you will hear his voice afresh and anew and that he will restore your soul. Antioch, I pray over you a restoration of your soul where life and bitterness and resentment and loss and monotony and just the mundane aspect of living has just eroded away at your soul. I am praying today for a restoration, a restoration. Let the margins of your soul be expanded. Let the 10 pegs of your soul be expanded. Your mind, your will, your emotions, let them be filled and flooded today with the life of God with the hope of God, with the peace of God, with the joy of God, with the strength of God. And I say to you that even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, where it feels like dreams are dying and hope is dying, I just declare over you today that you will fear no evil. For his rod and his staff, they comfort you. For he is with you. He is present with you. And he has resurrection power to cause dead things to come alive. And he is making a table before you right in the presence of your enemies. And I declare that people that are speaking against you, I declare that every word that has been lifted up against you will fall to the ground void. In Jesus' name, every word curse, every word of betrayal, every word of criticism that is unfounded and ungrounded, it falls to the ground and it does not produce fruit. And I declare today that you find a table in the presence of your enemies and that you receive life and strength and sustenance, that you receive favor right now, right in the middle of the presence of your enemies. And I pray that he would anoint your head with oil, Antioch, and that your cup overflows and surely goodness and mercy would follow you and go before you. Here's the promise. Listen, listen. You know what's, you know what's, you know what's in tomorrow? You know what's in tomorrow? goodness and mercy tomorrow when you wake up you ought to just say good morning to goodness and mercy you ought to just wake up and go good good morning goodness good morning mercy every single day why because he told you it goes before you it's always before you it's blazing a trail it's preparing a path it's making a house it's making a space goodness and mercy are in front of you that's your destiny that's your future. That's your hope. That's your reward. Goodness and mercy have gone before you. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Father, thank you so much. Ah, thank you, Lord. And we come to the table today as a result and as the fruit of all of these amazing promises that he will provide for us, that he will restore us, that he will protect us, that he will bring hope for us, that he will give favor to us in the middle of the war and that he will anoint our head and guys, listen, all that's possible because of the reality of who Jesus was and what he did and what he made possible in his life and his death and his resurrection. This life, this good life in the kingdom has now been made available to you. And so we invite you to come and to receive of the life, the body of Christ at his table. Thank you for listening to the Antioch Church Sermon of the Week. 
For more information about us, visit AntiochCOS.com.